morning, everybody, and uh, Happy New Year to you and to yours, wherever you might be this morning. Pray that uh, you are uh, blessed this new year um, as we enter into a brand new 2022 here on 1-2-22. Welcome again to um, Antioch West Virtual, and uh, I'm thankful that you're joining us today. Uh, wherever you are, I know a lot of you are still um, either traveling or maybe coming back or sort of getting through the Christmas break and preparing to get back in the swing of things tomorrow. Um, uh, but uh, thank you for joining us, whether it's live or maybe you had the opportunity to come back and watch at a later date. Thanks for joining us. Um, a little transparency this morning. Uh, I say this today not to... Um, win any awards but just a little transparency if i seem a little out of it and a little down today um we have uh, another round of covid hitting our house um our girls got a one-two punch here in the beginning of december and then uh, looks like you know it's my wife and i's turn here at the end of december in the beginning of the new year so um to be honest with you today i don't have a lot of strength and energy um, I'm trusting the Lord here, pushing through. I do say, again, just trying to be transparent, if I do grab my jacket over here and put it on in the middle, I'm not leaving. I can't. For some reason right now, I seem to go from hot to cold pretty quickly. So anyways, not to lament my situation or to try to win any kind of awards. I'm just giving you an update uh, in case you're wondering. Um, and maybe you're not wondering, maybe you just think I'm just normally so wonderful and melancholy and easygoing. You just think that this is just the way I am. So uh, I guess I can win either way. But anyways, appreciate um, your prayers uh, for my wife and I, our family. Um, we're, we're making it through. The Lord is good. Uh, we're trusting him with it. Um, and um, so far, uh, we are, we're, we're blessed, and I mean that sincerely. Uh, we're not in a hospital. Uh, we're making it through, um, and uh, God is good. So just wanted to be a little transparent this morning in case you're wondering. Um, and if I have to put my jacket on here in a minute because I get a cold spell, uh, you'll know I'm not uh, using it as a prop or attempting to leave. It's just <laughs> for some reason one minute I'm about to pass out from heat stroke, and the next minute I'm freezing. So um, I... I I want to challenge you for just a moment today. And again, I don't know how long my energy will last this morning, so I'm going to be led of the Lord. It could be on here for an epic record three hours. Praise God for that. But uh, I want to challenge you with something today um, because I know that for most of us, January the 2nd, in January the 1st in general, usually on most years for us as human beings, uh, represents a fresh start. Um, I've said this before um, from a scriptural standpoint. I don't believe God puts a lot of stock into our, uh, our current calendar. I do believe there's a biblical calendar. Uh, the Bible's very, very specific in the cycles and the seasons, and um, I'm not suggesting that God is uh, ignorant of these things or he does not... Uh, understand our frame but we are but thus but I don't believe on December 31st at 11:59 p.m. as the clock was ticking down and the ball was dropping in New York City to ring in 2022 here on the East Coast that heaven was just waiting with great anticipation for the dawning of 2022 um, and that it was going to be different so I say that not to uh, diminish the dawning of a new year. Uh, but uh, there's sort of two sides to it. There's a biblical side because biblically we can't put much stock in it. But for you and I as human beings, and God knows it, he made us this way. We are not in the world. We're not, uh, we're not of the world, but we are, we are a part of this world. We're a part of this world system. Uh, we're not living isolated on some kind of, um, you know, exiled island as John might have done where we can sort of detach from reality we're living in a new world we're living in a world that is governed by time and the calendar 
and what day it is in the week. And so because of that, I do believe that God does understand that part about us. Again, I don't believe he, um, I don't believe me in them. And, and if it's, it's, if it's faith, you could say 2022 is going to be your year and that's your faith. Then by all means declare that. Um, but I don't believe God was withholding things from you or from I because the calendar reads a certain date. I do believe God has specific times and seasons in our life. I do believe that there are seasons we go through and God has his own supreme calendar. I said all that because I wanted to make sure you understood there's sort of two sides to what I'm sharing with you today. But the second side about it is the fact that we are human beings and January 1st and I have been uh, pastoring now for, um, oh boy, it's, we're looking at like 14, 15 years now. I've been full-time pastoring. And so uh, I've seen the calendar roll over numerous times. And I have I, I understand even in my own life, right? There's this sort of idea that when January 1st of a new year approaches, it gives us hope of a renewed, fresh start. Um you come off the holidays and you're sort of overwhelmed and maybe after the holidays you're kind of on a, a little bit of a sugar high or maybe you're just on too much, too much. You're just on overload. And so January 1st, you know, usually you start with, well, I'm going to start a diet or I'm going to start to declutter my life or I'm going to start reading this. And so we have these things that because it's a fresh start for us calendar wise, um, it gives us an opportunity to sort of challenge ourselves in a new way. It gives us an opportunity to sort of approach a fresh new start. And again, I, I don't say any of this because it's right or wrong. I think if that's what helps you um, to be challenged, to transform, to change, to grow closer to Jesus, to achieve maybe some personal uh, benchmarks in your life, by all means, go for it. I mean, uh, I know some of you may have some weight loss goals and I hope and I mean this, hope you achieve those. Some of you may have some personal goals, some work goals, some um, family goals for 2022. And, and, you know, go for it. As long as it's in the will of God and it's with the plan of God and you've put God first and you're walking in his will, then by all means, believe for it. I'm not saying any of that is wrong. I'm not trying to diminish that. I'm not saying that New Year's resolutions are uh are wrong. We should stop. I'm not saying any of that. So I wanted to make sure from one standpoint, you understood where I'm coming from by making this next statement. But because this operates, uh, 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 affords us a new fresh beginning and sort of this opportunity to start over sort of reflects the ability for us to look inward at ourselves and maybe approach some things that need to change, or maybe we're able to examine our life and to weigh out sort of our life and to see Maybe there's some areas of our life we want to improve or maybe some areas we want to change or maybe some things we don't like that we would like to see improved or maybe we just think everything in our life, we're just the biggest, we're just, we're all that and a bag, you know, we're, we're, we're the full happy meal and the fries. So we don't have nothing 2022. I'm just going to keep rolling because the world is blessed to have me a part of it and taking up space. God bless you if you feel that way. I'm going to guess 99% of us don't feel that way. But I want to challenge you this today. You're approaching the new year. Maybe you have those goals. And, and, and like I said, if they're in conjunction with, uh, I don't believe we should, if we're walking with Jesus and he is, our, he is our center, he is the source of our life, I do believe our goals can be in conjunction with him. I think he can give us. I don't believe it's about proving ourselves. But all that being said, Usually, when it comes to God, and we're gonna, we're not. I'm not here to life coach you today. If you want a life coach, there are plenty of them out there um, to motivate you. There is apps and people you can follow on social media and YouTube pages that can get you all fired up and get your Monday morning motivation or your 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 morning minute, and you can get all fired up and go attack the day. That's not what I'm attempting to do today. I really want to talk about maybe some spiritual goals because maybe in all of this refreshing, maybe you've sort of noticed that you've drifted from God or maybe there's some areas in your life with your relationship with Jesus Christ that you're not satisfied with or maybe there's just some things about life that you are looking for a greater understanding and a deeper, deeper knowledge of. 
uh, last night we were taking my son to get his COVID test. And um, on the way down to the uh, uh, clinic, we stopped. I had to use the restroom. And so I stopped into a gas station and I walked in for a minute and um, it, I, 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 to be frank with you, and I'm just going to wrap my own stuff out. I don't, wasn't in some great spiritual mindset. Um, I was not really in some great depth of divine uh, meditation. But I sort of walked into this gas station. I saw, you know, there was about a half dozen people living in, you know, walking around in this gas station, going about their day. And I walked in there for a minute to use the restroom. And I don't know, I don't know if you want to say it was God. I don't say that to be... Um, Negative. I'm not saying that to be. I know God. God speaks to me. God talks to me. I'm, I'm, but I, in this moment of this gas station, I sort of looked around and I, I just for a moment, it's like almost best way to describe it to you. Um, it was at, as if it was as if for that brief few seconds, and I, I think it was only a few seconds. I mean, obviously, my my son, my wife were in the car. We were heading towards a COVID test. We had an appointment, so. I wasn't walking around in the gas station just getting this great spiritual insight. It was probably only a few seconds, but in that few seconds, it was as if time sort of stood still for a moment. And I kind of, everything was, and I don't want to be over dramatic in this. I'm not trying to over sensationalize it, trying to describe to you what I experienced. But it was as if the everything came to a, a, a halt and everything was sort of in slow motion for a moment. And I watched all these people uh, going about and they were grabbing coffee or they were grabbing, you know, uh, I mean, one guy was at the counter getting his scratchers um, and he was seeing if he won. And there was a couple of people milling around and, and, and getting their snacks, or whatever they were. And I just had sort of this out of body, if you want to call it brief moment. Again, I'm not trying to act like it was some third vision. I'm not equating this to the Apostle Paul where I had this huge long drawn out but I just kind of looked at everybody and I just slow motion for a moment and I just it kind of hit me that every one of those people and I'm not judging them at all this is not a statement of judging them well you're judging them I'm not judging them I'm just giving a sense of what I felt in that in that gas station so again this is not a statement of their uh, salvation it's not an indictment on their uh, relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, I mean, trust me, I've learned a long time ago, don't judge a book by its cover. Those, there's some people in that gas station that could know Jesus better than I could, and it doesn't matter what they look like. So if you need to give me that pep talk, I already got it. You might need that pep talk because I don't believe our outward uh, is always a reflection of our posture and position with our relationship with Jesus Christ. That's another subject for another day that I'm currently resisting going down. But I looked around at this room and I saw these people sort of going about and for that brief moment of pause and that brief moment of just sort of looking and I looked at all these people and I, I just got this sense that every one of these people, they may have good days, they may have bad days, they may have, you know, they were... Walking out of the gas station, there were some decent cars. This one, one Jeep. I had a Jeep Wrangler for. I've had two Jeep Wranglers in my lifetime, and so I've always had an affinity for looking at a Jeep Wrangler and kind of seeing what people do to them. And people always kind of customizing it. So there was a Jeep Wrangler parked right next to mine, and the guy had customized, and there was some cool stuff. So I mean, these weren't exactly like people that were just suffering through. They had there was nice cars and the in the parking lot and they had nice clothes on. There was nobody there that was dressed in rags and it didn't, there was nobody there that seemed to have uh, be besheveled. They would look at all sort of somewhat together. But I got this sense, every one of these people, no matter what their story is, no matter what their success may or may not be, they're just existing. They're going through life and to them, this is all that there is. And to be honest with you, and maybe you you don't feel this way, and and if you don't feel this way, don't tell the rest of us because we may have to pray through our jealousy. But to be frank with you, our world is not a place that's just seeming to be a warm, fuzzy place that you want to live in. 
Am I, am I a doom and gloom person? If you know me at all, I'm not a doom and gloom. I'm not looking at the doomsday under every rock. I'm not speculating on the antichrist. I'm not speculating on the mark of the beast. I'm not someone who spends all my time reading the tea leaves to find out if this is the sign of the time. We've played the song in the very beginning. My focus is if I can focus on Jesus Christ, if I can focus on him, that's all that I need. I don't need to look at the tea leaves. I don't need to go, oh my God, there was another earthquake or maybe there's pestilence or maybe there's there's a war, rumors of wars. No, if I can look at the author and the finisher of my faith, if I can keep my eyes on him, he's got all of it. Notice that the in the parable of the bride, Bridegroom, the bridegroom that came to the ten virgins, five were filled, five were not. I believe the five that were filled was because they kept their focus on the bridegroom. They were waiting in anticipation for him. They weren't out going, well, it doesn't seem like there's anything, or it's dark outside, or it doesn't seem like he's coming back. So we don't. The problem is when you read the tea leaves, you get caught up in too much Fox News or CNN or your daily dose of the internet or Facebook. And so you read through all this. Honestly, I'd be frank with you. Joe Biden, Donald Trump, Democrats, Republicans, the Senate or Congress does not determine anything when it comes to the plan and purpose of God. You say, well, how do you do that? They control. No, I believe that God is in control. You mean to tell me that God is letting all this? Absolutely, he's in control. And God is so in control that he allows man in his own ignorance and man's own ignorance uh, egotistical thinking and intellectual prowess to run his own life even if that means it's to his own demise because God is that in control. Sometimes the greatest sign of power is not when you use it, it's knowing when to use it and when not to use it. Sometimes those who have the most power and authority are not the loudest, they're the quietest. So I say all that because some of you may be approaching this year and maybe you're, in, you're being introspective and you're looking at your life and you're wanting to grow closer to Jesus Christ. 2022 may be a year you want to you you be closer to Jesus at the end than you are at the beginning. And all that's awesome. Maybe you want to read your Bible every day. And maybe you've already picked out a reading plan and maybe you've already got your 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 daily bible reading planned out mapped out and my god i'm you know it's january 2nd so i'm going to guess you're somewhere around genesis 2 or 3 at this point in time and you're going to do it this year this is your year you're going to you're going to read the bible through and i hope you do it god bless you for it but this is really what i feel this morning to challenge you with um and just kind of maybe have you pray about and think about you. So many times when we look at God and we look at our own self and we look at sort of this desire to move forward, we often look at it within the framework of what God can do for me. What can God do for me? What does God, what what can I get? So can what can God do for me? Can he... I, I, in blessing or my ministry or my giftings or my calling or my, uh, you know, heal me or, 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 or change this. And it's always usually about reflecting of what God does for me. And the Bible is replete with promises from God of what he wants to do in and through our lives. I'm not diminishing that. I believe everybody that is watching today and those that are not watching have a plan and purpose for your life. God was very clear with that. In the Old Testament, he told the prophet, he said, before you were even in your mother's womb, I knew you. I had a plan for you. He knows every hair on your head. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows where you're going to be today. He knows you're going to be tomorrow. He knows that he's got, he's got it all. If you're walking with him, you can have confidence. Right now, I, I say this. I believe we have COVID in the will of God. You said, well, it's just COVID. You think it's COVID. Well, we prayed, Lord, we want to be in your will. And we went back. My wife and I went back and we've looked at it. And I don't see any of this because I know sometimes when we talk about personal experiences, it puts people on the defensive. So don't take any of this as I'm saying you should do what we do. This is our, our accountability. But my wife and I were homeschooling. We had homeschooled. 
And it was better to homeschool because homeschooling could keep our kids out of danger. You didn't have to worry about being exposed to COVID because they were never leaving the house. Last year, we were homeschooled and they never left the house. And they, But this year we prayed and God led us to put them in in-person school and in-person learning. And here they go. And just several months in in-person learning, they had COVID. But we have confidence because we know that decision was not made. And we went to the Lord and said, Lord, you had them in the school and you and you and so from that i don't know we don't know i mean it's impossible now with omicron to know i was talking to several people that have in our church that have medical connections and they're saying it's almost impossible to contact trace omicron because it's so contagious so i don't know if we got it from my kids or not but my wife and i looked we didn't you know i don't say this i know some of you're probably going to get offended by saying but we're not running around just going crazy the, you know, living our life, going, yeah, we we're 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 free. We've been cautious. We've been we've been let alone. We followed our peace, and so when we popped up with COVID, and we traced our steps, we go, Lord, we don't know where we got it, but we do know we, every day we try to be in your will. Does that mean? And please do not take this in any way. You can, I'll I'll let you look up here. There is no halo, and I will turn around, and you can find there is no wings or even attachment in my back four wings. If you look closely, sometimes there may be some horns coming out there that I need the Lord to help me with, but there are no wings or halo. So I'm not in any way going to every day we get up, we just walk with Jesus. And I mean, there's just angels floating around. I mean, trust me, if you were at our house at times, you would wonder maybe y'all need a lot of Jesus. And I thank you for that because we do need a lot of Jesus and I'd appreciate your prayer. Uh, you showed up at our house some days, you go, huh? Yeah, I'm telling you. Because I'm saying all that because I don't want you to get the impression that I'm implying or even ask, telling you that somehow we have this per perfect life and every day we get up and we just walk with Jesus and it's just like walking in this sort of, you know, Holy Ghost bubble of, of bliss. I mean, to be frank with you, there's been so much craziness and wackiness and and I don't know how you've been, but maybe if you're not if you're not there, then please pray for us and whoever else is on this season. This has been a season where God is literally going into every nook and cranny of my life and digging up every single dark place. And like, okay, Joel, what about that? But Lord, not to no, we're going to deal with that. But God, can we get it? no? We're going to deal with that. I mean, literally. So I say all that because in, in, in the will of God, believe that God's working in all of this. And, and I believe God has a plan and purpose for me and for you and for all of us. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong believing that. There's no one professing that. But for today, we're going to put that aside because I haven't challenged you. I'm not here to challenge you or feel like the Lord wants to challenge you to fulfill your purpose and destiny this year. It's a year of destiny. I heard someone say the other day, you know, that 2022 was just, a, they felt in the Holy Ghost, it was a year of destiny. I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't know. We thought 2021, everything would be over. And now we're paying $17 for a loaf of bread and $32 for a gallon of milk and $400 for a carton of eggs. And every time I go to Walmart, I have to decide which child I want to sell on eBay to pay the bill at Walmart. So I get, maybe you have a different perspective and I'm not a doomsday person. I'm trying to get you to realize that what I'm coming to you today is not out of some kind of sort of fantasy, spiritual bubble of bliss. I'm coming to you today in muck and mire and my own valley. But I say that because it's very easy for us to focus on what God can do for me, my destiny, my purpose, my calling, my gifting. I spent so many years chasing what I wanted, what, what my gifting and calling us. What do you want to do? God, what, what's my calling? What's my gifting? God, prepare me to, you know what? And there's something wrong with that. I mean, that, that's where I was and that's the season I went in and, and I was sincere in it. And I don't believe God punished me for it, but I wonder if this year, what would change? is if instead of focusing on what God can do for you, what if you would focus on what God wants from you? The Bible says it's 
better to give than to receive. I know we talk about that regarding, you know, giving. We love that verse in Christmas time, right? It's better to give than to receive. I love giving. And I'm sure there is there is parts of that verse that apply. But I wonder if we could apply that verse in the perspective of Jesus that sometimes with Jesus it's better to give him something than receive something and you go well that's a little that's a little strong because I mean God is the greatest gift giver and the greatest blessing ever you are absolutely right but he did not make you and I he did not create and fashion us out of the dust of the earth just to be consumers he didn't just make you and I so that you and I can just consume. He did not make us takers. He built us to make us givers. Remember, we are fashioned in his image. And Jesus Christ walked this earth. He was not a taker. He was a giver. In fact, he made the statement, my bread, my nourishment is to do the will of the Father. He didn't say my nourishment is what God, what the Father does for me. My nourishment, the thing that fuels me, is what I can do for him to do his will, to walk in his will. What can I do to live a life, a living sacrifice to him? People around us today, I mean, look at it. And I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not a big social media person. That's a personal choice I've made. I don't say that to be noble. Um, it's just some place that I've chosen, but my wife's on social media, so I uh, I don't have anything against it. My God, we're on social media right now, so I, this is not a negative statement. But social media fuels this me-focused mentality. People around you live with the idea of get all that you can. That Really, it's all about you. We are so keen on doing things that feel good to us. But God wants us to contribute rather to consume. Our culture and our world is saying to you and I, fill yourself. But God is wanting us to fill him, fill others. God didn't created us to be takers. He created us to be givers. And really, in a lot of ways, he didn't, fo- he didn't build, he didn't create us to focus on our desires. He really called us to focus on the needs of others and including him, his needs. You ever thought about that? What are God's needs? What are the needs he has? He needs you and I. He he needs our love. He needs our worship. You say, well, God's not needy. You know, but he did say he's jealous. He wants those things from us. It matters to him. In reality, here's the hard part, and I struggle with this just as much as probably everyone else. God hasn't called us to stand in front of the line. He's called us to stand in back of the line. God has not called us to fight injustice. In fact, he's called us to show grace and mercy and love and compassion in the middle of injustice. I'm not suggesting that we should turn a blind eye to the injustices of this world and pretend that it's okay with God. I'm simply saying, I don't believe for you and I as believers, it's our job to champion the calls of the world and try to to fix a system that's broken. It's our job as believers to be the light. And what's the way to be the light? To love as he loved. To give as he gave. I believe one way this thing that we could fix our world in a lot of ways if the church would become the church. But maybe you sit here today and I said all this and and maybe you're challenged, but maybe for some of you hearing all this, it actually discourages you. Because when you take an examination of your life and I say to you, you know, God wants you to give to him. God wants you to, what does God want from you? What is God, 
What can you give for, give to God? Instead of focusing on what on receiving, focus on giving, giving to him. And, and then you take a moment and you look at your life and you go, what in the world could I ever give God? You look at your life and you see only frailties or difficulties or deficiencies or debt. I don't mean just financial debt, emotional debt, physical debt, relational debt. You know, they say he has the Midas touch. Everything he touched turns to gold. Some of us don't have the Midas touch. Everything we turn, we touch, breaks, falls apart. We're the masters of the broken pieces. Instead of having a surplus of strength, we are filled with weakness. And so when we make these statements, you feel disqualified. You feel as if, well, what's the point? Okay, Pastor Joel, I'm supposed to focus on what I give to God. But in case you're wondering, I don't really have much to offer him. I don't have anything beautiful to give. Because you see, this is sort of the lie that we have allowed ourselves to fall into the trap of. This is sort of what is that God's kingdom is an upside down kingdom. I've taught this before and I'm not going into it today, but linear thinking doesn't work with God's kingdom. God's kingdom is not a linear thinking kingdom. God's kingdom is really an upside down kingdom. And really one of the greatest things about the kingdom of God. So example, if you were invited today to visit the White House, if you were invited today to, to go to a, a place of great wealth or great reverence, respect. There would be an expectation, whether it's a social expectation or a personal expectation, that you would dress or to present yourself in accordance to your um, the place where you're going. I don't think anyone would want to show up to the Oval Office today to meet with the president in your PJs. I don't think you would go into your closet and pick out your work clothes and say, well, you know what? You know, if Joe wants to see me today, he's going to have to just take me as it is. More than likely, you might want to go out and buy a new shirt. You might go out and buy a new dress. You might go out and buy, you might get your hair done. You, you, might, you might brush your teeth, comb your hair. You might do some things to present yourself because you're walking into a place where you know the expectation is to be at your best. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think there's a part, part of that that's, that's okay. You, you, don't, you know, if you work at certain jobs, there is a requirement for, for dress. You might not be able to go to work in anything you want to wear. There may be a, a dress code or at least an expectation. Business casual, smart casual, nice casual, whatever that means, right? There may be a no denim policy at your work. No shoes, no shirt, no service type thing, right? But the, the, the thing that's a little disheartening about that is, and I know I'm treading on a fine line here, but we've sort of transitioned that thinking into God because it is so hard for us not to want to present God with a picture of what we think he wants from us. And what He we think he wants from us is this perfect existence where we're everything's together and we don't have any bad days and we don't have any bad thoughts and we don't want to say any bad words and we never have a moment of slipping and we never never a moment of failing we never struggle and if we can get to that point and we can achieve that pinnacle of perfection then we can stand boldly before God and say God look what all I have accomplished and therefore I am able and willing to receive from you today because I have earned it for you today. And the moment we slip, the moment we fall, and I'm not excusing sin. I'm not excusing the fact that we need to address the deficiencies in our life. We need God's grace and mercy to work. We need to overcome the struggles in our life by his grace and his mercy. And the Bible talks about that we should obey him and we should walk according to his word. I'm not suggesting that we should just go, go crazy and do whatever you want and God doesn't care. That's not the point. But what can you really offer God 
from the standpoint of the Bible makes it very clear that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I was a failure before I even began. I was I had already lost before the game even started. I don't have to worry about the end of the game to see what the score is going to be. Before the whistle blew and the clock started ticking in the very first quarter of the game, I had already lost. So why even try to play the game according to the world standards or according to anybody else's standards? You see, the problem we have is, is that we still, even though we know what the Word of God says, it's so hard to wrap our brain around the fact that God doesn't always see things the way we see them. Because the Bible says in Romans, and it's still one of those verses that you read and you go, huh? You read the verse in Romans and it said that, that Abraham never wavered in faith and his faith was so powerful and so strong and so confident that his faith was accounted unto him for righteousness. And you go, what? The guy slept with a concubine. Yeah, I know Sarah was the one that was scheming behind it and trying to make it happen, but he went along with the plan. It was the same guy that went to Egypt and tried to pass his wife off as his sister. I don't exactly look at this guy and go, wow, what a, what a, what a staple of faith and Fortitude. I go, man, that guy, he had some stuff. He, he was a little off. But God says he never wavered. So the Abraham God sees and the Abraham I see are not the same. So that means the, 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 the Joel that God sees and the Joel I see don't add up. Because when I take inventory of my life, I don't really see anything I can offer God of any great significance. You might walk into your job tomorrow with your hands filled with nothingness. Nothing of nothing. You're just going tomorrow to check off another day to get closer to another paycheck so you can pay another bill so you can stay in your house and keep the water and the lights on another, another week and have a few more hot meals and maybe keep gas in your car and pray to God that it doesn't keep going up at the gas pump so that at least you can make it back and forth to work. And then you, you, you hear all the doomsday news of the inflation and price going up and you're not sure how you're going to make it. And all this is overwhelming and you go to work tomorrow and you're like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just getting through. Step in your house with Insecurity. You enter your classroom with a performance mentality. You get up in the morning and you stand before yourself in the mirror and you look and your shoulders slump because it's another day that looks like the same one as before. What in the world can I ever give God? Okay, I'm going to give God something. What do you want me to give him? Pastor Joe, what in the world could I ever give him? But you know the story, I know the story. On that morning, if I would have stopped a little boy, probably, we don't know exactly how old he was, but he was considered a boy, and so I'm going to guess he was somewhere around the age of 10, 9, maybe a little older, maybe a little younger. I don't believe based off my study and what I've read, that he had reached the age of accountability because of the description that was given about him. It presumed that he was before what we would now, what's called now the bar mitzvah. He would have been before that age. So he would have been maybe anywhere from 9 to 12, maybe 9 and 11. It, but it, Potato, potato, right? It doesn't really matter. But if I'd have stopped this little boy and I would have said to him, hey, can I tell you something? Where are you going today? Well, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to go out and, and, and I want to go out and, and just explore like every little boy wants to do, right? Oh, that's great. What do you got in your bag? Well, my mom said I need to, need to make sure I have food. So she gave me um, five pieces of bread and I got these two fish that I caught, my dad caught this morning. Don't forget, those fish had to have been caught the night before because they'd been spoiled if they weren't. So more than likely those fish we're fresh. Okay, great. That's awesome. Hey, I want to tell you something real quick. 
later on this afternoon, you're going to be in a group. It's going to be over 5,000 people. And have you heard of that guy, Jesus? Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard, his, I heard about him. Guess what? He's going to be there. Really? Yeah, he's going to be there. Oh, I can't wait for that. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And guess what? I want to prepare you because while you're there, one of his disciples is going to come up to you and ask you for your food. And I want you to give it to him because he's going to use your food to feed 5,000. And there's going to be so much that everybody's going to eat all they want. And there's going to be even leftovers. Come on, raise your hand. If you think that little boy or any of us would have been like, really? Oh, this is going to be awesome. No way. I, there's no way. I'm sorry. I, I know some of you think you just got all faith and more. But come on. There's no way you would, we would have. I wouldn't have believed that. I'd have been like, really? Really? Um, in case you've hit your head this morning, let me show you my bag. I said five loaves and two fish, not 5,000 loaves and 20,000 fish. Five loaves and two fish, and there's 5,000 men that are hungry, and you're telling me that Jesus is going to take this? First of all, I don't even know if the fish are going to be any good by this afternoon. No, he's going to take it. He's going to multiply it, and he's going to feed everybody, and there's going to be leftovers. I don't know. You know what I would have done and you would have done if someone would have told us that? That little boy probably would have ran home and been like, Mom, Mom, what's wrong? I, I don't know what to do. Well, what do you mean? What do you know what to do? Well, I was, I, I was going out to the countryside and, and, and I was taking my lunch and, and, and I was, I was going to go out there and, 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 and some guy told, stopped me. And you won't believe what he said, Mom. Well, well, well what did he say? He, Mom... He said, now I know you're not going to believe it. I don't believe it. But he told me that my five pieces of bread and my two fish were going to feed 5,000 men. And that he even said there's going to be leftovers. Are you sure you heard him right? Mom, I'm telling you, he told me that. In fact, he said this, that Jesus, remember Jesus? Remember Jesus? Remember, remember, remember Uncle Larry? He got healed and Jesus was the one to heal him. And Aunt Sue, remember Aunt Sue had that, she had that thing going on. And Jesus, that, G, that Jesus was going to be there. And that one of his disciples, you know the guy that walk around with him all the time? You know the one guy? The one guy, I think his name is Pete. He's a little crazy. You remember that guy, remember? He used to fish. Remember he used to, down at the docks, we always used to see him down there fishing with his brother. Yeah, that guy. So remember those guys that walk around with Jesus? Well, apparently they're going to come up to me and ask me for my food and I'm supposed to give it to them. But mom... You know I can't feed everybody with this. What am I going to do? Well, let me see. Um, let me see. Hold on a second. Let me get my... Let, is Costco open? Let me see if Costco's... Oh, Walmart, um, Sam's. We probably need to hit all the stores because you're right. Five loaves and two fish are going to get it. I don't have a lot of time, but if I pull all my resources together and I get... I can call a few friends. We may not be able to feed 5,000, but... At least we can maybe get enough that it, at least, you know, maybe a couple hundred could eat. I, I, we don't have a lot of money right now. You know your father hasn't been catching as many fish lately. And so it, it, we're a little tight, especially coming off of, you know, the, the, the holiday season. So, listen, I, I'll, I'll at least give you a couple more fish. Because obviously he can't feed 5,000 with two fish. But maybe if you had, you know, 100 fish, he could at least break it up into small pieces. You know, I mean, if you took you know, a hundred fish and break them up into 10 pieces. That's at least a thousand people. So, and that's what we would have done. I would have done that. So I'd have been walking with Jesus going, okay, I'm ready, God. You said you're going to feed it. I don't have all that you need, but I at least am better prepared because I'm, I'm here to present to you, God, what you want. Because you said you're going to take this and you're going to feed everybody. And I know you can't do it with what I had. So I made sure I brought extra you ever wonder why God doesn't reveal things to you until it's over? Because he doesn't want your help. He doesn't want your beauty. 
He wants your ashes. He doesn't want your joy. He wants your mourning. He, don't want, he doesn't sometimes want your praise. He wants your heaviness. I don't mean to say, I don't mean to say this to be negative or nasty towards anybody or to be condescending, but come on, we all know we've been there. Walked into church. See someone, how you doing, brother? Hey, dear sister. Oh, I'm highly blessed and favored. Abundantly walking with Jesus. You know good and well that's a lie. I'm not saying that they're being purposely deceitful, but we're masters at giving, presenting. We're not very good at presenting and giving what is at the bottom of the barrel. So what can I give God today? God doesn't need you to run out to Costco today and buy extra. God doesn't need you to go to Sam's Club and hit up the fish part, the fish market and grab a whole nother thousand layers of fish because you've got to feed 5,000. He's the author. He's the finisher. He's the end. He's the beginning. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the healer. He's the deliverer. He's the great I am. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Shalom. He's Jehovah Sikudu. He's the Messiah. He's the Lord. He's the Savior. He is not you and me. I'm not going to give him anything that can make him better. I'm just going to give him what I can give him. And some days that is ugly. Most days it's ugly. Some days I can't give him a halo. I got to pop out my horns and my pitchfork and say, God, I'm not doing so good today. I don't have perfection to give you. I've got broken pieces. I don't have a beautiful attitude to get you, God. My attitude stinks. I don't have peace to give you. I have worry to give you. I don't have tranquility. I've got anger. I've got frustration. I've got hurt. I've got pain. I've got disappointment. I've got struggle. I've got uncertainty. I've got hopelessness. I've got, I've got, that's what I have to give. And if certainly God, I know you don't want this because you only want the best. No. You see, what really matters to God is you giving to him what matters most to you. And for most of us, it's usually not our greatest achievements. It's our lowest moments. God doesn't want your goals. He wants your regrets. God doesn't want your wholeness. He wants your brokenness. God doesn't want your peace. He wants your torment. God doesn't want what you think he does. He doesn't want your beauty. He wants your ugliness. Because those are the things that when you give it to him and you're open to him and you're vulnerable and you say, God, here it is. I didn't have time to go to Costco today, God. I didn't have time to go by Walmart, Sam's Club. I didn't hit up shoppers. I didn't get a chance to go by all these, God, and get more stuff. I just brought you what I have, God, because honestly, I don't have any more resources. I'm tapped out. I can't even afford another piece of bread, and I can't afford more fish. So, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know one thing. I'll give you what I've got, and if you can take it and use it, if it's what you want, I give it to you. He didn't bring God An already prepared and broken feast. He came and gave God what he had and God was the one that took it and made it into what he needed it to be. So this year, this 2022, instead of focusing on what God can do for you, may God heal me. God, restore me. God, bring your destiny into my life. God, let my ministry thrive. God, what's my giftings? Maybe 2022, you can say, God, it's the year of giving you my regrets. It's the year of giving you my hurt. It's the year of giving you my disappointments. It's the year of giving you my shortcomings. It's the year of giving you my childhood, my abuses. It's the year of giving you the things I've done and the giving you the things I haven't done. I'm giving you these things, God, because to be honest with you, 
I'm fresh out of resources. I don't have anything else to give. I can't give you beauty. But God, I want to be a giver. And I look in my in my bank account and it reads nothing. Don't forget it was Jesus that pointed out when the widow came and gave one mite that she gave more than those who were giving 50, 100, 1,000, 10,000 times more than that. He pointed out that what she gave far outweighed what they gave because she gave to a far and greater capacity. If I look at others and go, wow, look at that. Of course, God wants it from them. Their life is so amazing, so beautiful, so wonderful, so perfect. I'm sure God would take it from them. No offense. They may not be giving God everything because they may be holding on to things. And you're going up to God and God, I've got some unforgiveness. I've got some brokenness. I've got some stink. But I'll give it to you, God. Here it is. I'm giving you that, and you go, what? Because I know more than likely my one might doesn't equate to their thousands and millions of blessings. And God goes, yeah, but you're looking at it through your eyes. I'm seeing Abraham as the man of faith and righteousness. You're seeing Abraham as the failure and the fallen. I'm seeing him as the faithful and the righteous. God doesn't see like you see. God doesn't see like I see. He sees and grades on a different scale. So instead of putting pressure on yourself this year to become something or to do something or to let God transform you into something, why don't you just focus on giving God every day something new? Some days you might be able to give him your worship. Other days you may only give him your tears. Some days you might be able to give him a smile, but other days you may not even be able to muster up a frown. Some days you might give him faith. But other days you might get up and say, God, I don't have faith today, but I'll give you my doubt. You might not be able to give him comfort. You might give him fear. You might not be able to get up every day and proclaim the promises of God with gusto. You might get up and say, God, I don't know if you're going to do it. And if you are going to do it, I have no idea how you're going to do it. In case you're wondering, God, you look around. Our world is jacked up, God. It's messed up. It's falling apart. But God, I'm giving you what I got today. And God goes, yes. Twenty twenty two. Let it be a year of giving. Let twenty twenty two be a year of giving, giving God, giving to God. And when you look at what you give God, go. I don't know why I give Him. Yes, you can give Him anything. Just give Him what you have. Some days it may look prettier than others, but He's not looking at the beauty behind it. He's looking at the heart of the giver not the gift. I challenge you with this today in Jesus' name. I pray and keep my wife and I in your prayers. We appreciate it. Covet your prayers and your strength and your support. And God is going to do awesome things in 2022, but it may not be what we think as awesome. We may not see an abundance of sunshine. We may be a year of rain, but God has a plan and purpose and sometimes that plan and purpose involves ugliness, brokenness, and disappointment. But it's his. He wants that from you. Give it to him today. In Jesus' name, God bless.